to Potadelphia. My name is Dave Diorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And tonight I am only joined by one guy because Chuck caught a cold. Unlike Aguilar and his mishaps. Just had to put that out there. What's up, Gene? Oh, thank God. Uh, you know, the, the interesting thing is, I don't think I heard Aguilar's name in the whole game tonight. Um, no, so, that's why we're so happy. I mean, uh, you know, I'll take I'll take Jeffries on one leg all day, you know. it's What a crazy game. There are some really, really bizarre numbers. This is uh, Gene Zilek. You can find me on Twitter, at Producer Gene. You can find the show at Potadelphia. The lowly one and two Eagles, injury-ravaged, uh, uh, downtrodden, march into Lambeau on a Thursday night where Aaron Rodgers is is undefeated on Thursdays and pull off the improbable upset to save the season. Well, uh, you know, they Am forgot. Being over dramatic, they forgot about Doug. Man, they forgot Doug also undefeated on Thursday nights. It was the bat. Something had to give. The unstoppable object versus the immovable force. I think I have that right. Uh, it makes sense no. to me. No. Well, it's close enough. But whatever. Dougie comes out on top because Doug learned his lesson. It was like watching a different football team tonight. It was it was crazy how, you know, how – and it was a short week. I guess he just had to make some quick adjustments. Or, or maybe this was the, the Lions game plan. I, I have no idea. But this this was a different guy. It was a different I'm gonna put coach this out team. There. I'm going to put this out there. We're going to look – when we're when you and I are uh, uh, cheersing uh, beers at the uh, at the Super Bowl parade this year, we're gonna look back on this game and say, you know what? Like looking back, it's actually a good thing that those injuries happened because it taught Doug what the identity of this team actually is. Yeah, you're not wrong. I think that he finally had to be realistic and be honest with where the strength of his offense is. And and right now it's, 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 it's the running game that it looked great tonight. What's um, what's like a hero story. Like, you know, when you play a video game uh, for the first, and sometimes they, they do this convention, right? Where you start the game and you're a real badass. You have all these weapons uh, and all this like souped up armor and crap and then immediately, like 10 minutes in the game, something happens and it strips you of all your weapons and yeah. then you start at zero. I feel like that was, uh, you know, like out of war almost. That's like the whole premise of the whole thing is you were you were uh, you were a god and and then you were you're cast back down and uh, as a mortal. That's what it is. So we had to strip Doug of all of his weapons and leave him only with his running game for him to learn that this is his true power. His real source of power comes from his offensive line and his running backs. Yeah, and. I I'll tell you who I'm impressed with is the guards. There was so much push uh, in the middle of the field tonight. It, it, you know, those holes that they were opening up, even from the, like the very first play of the game, there was just so much room for the running backs to to get through. It, it just seemed like, at worst, they were going to pick up four yards. That was that was a a, a bad running play. They, they were chewing up nine, ten yards on first down or second down. Like like it was just nothing i just love it. i love exert i love watching my team exert its will 
on another team, and there's nothing they can do about it. Do not be fooled. Green Bay knew that the Eagles were trying to run the ball on them, and they couldn't stop it. They were were just helpless against it. And that is such – like, we've been on the other end of this equation in the past, and it's such a demoralizing thing to be run on like that. Often, it takes all of your – it takes everything out of you. Often it's 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 us watching a, a quarterback just chew us up and know that we can't we can't do anything about it. And, you know, and honestly, there were moments in the first half where I'm like, Aaron Rodgers may put up 700 yards tonight. I, I, I just don't see any, any anybody stopping. He, he could just throw it wherever he wants. Um, so just so many twists and turns in this game. You know, you went, you went from high to low – probably five or six times throughout the course of the evening. But to me, I feel like a quarterback marching down the field, uh, you know, making completions is to me more palatable than being run on. Okay. I, I don't know. Like if I had to pick my poison, I would rather take my chances with, you know, some fluky things happening in the air versus, a consistent running game and I'm just helpless to stop it. Yeah. Because your point I think is that with a running game, when a running back is really grinding you to a pulp, you just see a bunch of linemen getting up every, after each, after each down hands on hips, sucking it, sucking wind. And that is never a good look for a a defense. You know, you look so unintimidating um, to the offensive linemen across from you when, when you just, when you just keep getting gashed and that's, there were moments in, in, in this game where the defense of, of the Packers just – it just got gashed. It just looked – it just looked scattered. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we got a bunch of things we can talk about. I mean, should we start at the end and go in reverse? No. The, let's, 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 let's talk about how the – just the very beginning, the, the – I think that the first couple of um, – series of the first quarter like the way that the Packers came out and then how the Eagles responded I think that's important to set the tone for the whole the whole experience because well remind me it felt like a lifetime ago what happened at the beginning well of this game? The, the, it didn't the feel pa- great the Packers the were able to score quick and then the Eagles got what I think is one of the, the the most important parts of the game where they got that big kick return from Miles Sanders who uh to some degree going into this game maybe his stock was was a little bit down um People were kind of like wondering, you know, he had put the ball on the ground against Detroit, maybe uh, certainly cost us uh, possessions and, and maybe the game uh, against Detroit. And to see him bounce back, have a huge play early in the game to kind of get his wheels going, uh, show us the other aspects of of why we drafted him to be able to make a kick return like that, uh, to make a play on special teams, because you were going to need all three phases to beat the Packers. This is the Packers at home. They don't lose at home even in their off years and this is a very this like don't be fooled this is a very good Packers team this they have beat a very good Bears team they've already beat a very good Vikings team this is this is not some uh some pushover squad that that is wasn't going to give you everything they had tonight so to, to to get a play on special teams to give Carson a short field it it allowed the offense to be able to operate under a short field and get its confidence, and I think that the offense having confidence early in the game, and to to it, it rattled off five straight scoring 
um, five straight touchdown or four straight touchdown drives in this game. Yeah, I think it was four touchdowns if you don't count the kneel down. The kneel the, down, and the, right. And the F, right. Which, yeah, you can't really count that. So, uh, you know, that that is, you know, for a, for a team that's coming off of uh, two straight losses, I think that having a confident offense um, was really important, especially when everybody, all the pundits, everybody really had kind of nationally said, you know, the Eagles – you know, don't be surprised if the Eagles come out and, and don't pull anything out of this game. You know, don't write them off for the season yet. This is a very tough ask. Um, you know, it's nobody's going to be surprised if they're one in three. Uh, it didn't feel like anybody had any confidence, confidence in, in this Eagles team going into this game at all. Well, I don't know about that, Gene. I mean, the betting public seemed to really like the Eagles in this game because this, it, this game started, uh, it opened at, what, a six-point? Uh, a six point spread in favor of uh, green Bay. Obviously that was down to three and a half. I saw uh, right before kickoff and uh money line, I think started at like minus 300. It was high. And it, it was down to like minus minus one ten. So, I mean, the betting public was certainly uh, down the street, especially after the Alshon uh, news came out that he was going to play. Because without him, I don't know that we win this game. I I, I don't think we do. I really don't yeah. think we do. Yeah. I think uh, just it, the threat of having him and having that option, because what what he gave you, you know, even though it wasn't you know a, a hundred and fifty yard performance, but the catches he made were all important. He had a huge touchdown catch, and he was that option. He's he's such a big target. So even if he doesn't quite have that speed. If he can just get to, into a space where he can operate, he will out, uh, he'll out muscle and out jump. Um, at least it seemed to me he was able to still out jump uh, the smaller defensive backs that Green Bay has. But here's where I think, and um, I'm pretty sure I remember this being in the first half. Here's where I think that the game was was kind of lost for the Packers, where they they were down in the red zone, they had us on the ropes. Uh, it's a fourth and fourth and two, I think. Um, fourth and short, yeah. And Le Fleur, uh, go ops to kick the field. Takes goal the field there. goal in the first half. Yeah, absolutely. That was yeah, their second. I mean, field that was goal. really an opportunity to step on our throats. Yeah. Uh, now who knows what would have happened? Maybe they wouldn't have converted, but boy, it sure felt they like they had real, all the mo. Yeah, and they were really gashing us there. They were still able to kind of run the ball a little bit there. I think they would have had more of their playbook open to them. Uh, and that's a moment where you kind of appreciate having a coach like Doug, because I don't think that in that situation, if the roles are reversed, that Peterson even hesitates for a second to try and get seven there. No way, hundred percent. Doug's Doug's going for the kill there. It almost feels like anytime you're inside the thirty. Um, you know, you have to almost put money in the bank that Doug's going to try to get you yeah, the maximum you, amount of points. You got to know your opponent, right? You're playing against the Eagles and Doug Peterson. Like, Doug is looking for an excuse to not run the ball anymore. And going down like a huge, a huge deficit going into the half is that excuse. I mean, will would we be as committed to grinding it out? Had you know, had we been you know further back at halftime? I don't know. I don't think so. I think Doug's going to feel like he's got to score points in bunches there, and he's he's going to start chucking. Yeah. 
Yeah, and honestly, I mean, if they we don't, screw we don't, the whole dynamic of the game changes. And we don't have the personnel right now to really be able to chuck it that way that he would want to. You know what I mean? Like you've got your Zach Ertz, you've got you've got Alshon on one leg. You know what what your passing game really is is those 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 crossing routes across the middle. Uh, you know, then you're going to be looking at like. Mac Hollins to try to get downfield, and 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 I don't think that that was gonna. No. You're, you're not gonna beat the Packers with Mac Hollins going go routes. No, and I mean this sets up this sets up everything great. I mean, like we got a soft soft uh, Jets team coming up. Uh, you know, after a long you know layoff in between here, we got the week and a half uh, before we go into like a tougher stretch. So, yeah, I mean, and like... they're still down there starting quarterback, and uh, <sighs> you know, and we get that Jets team I think at home before we go to three on the road, right? Yeah, winning this game is massive. If we can get some guys back, um, that would be that would be huge. Because and, uh, I feel like you can even, you know, let Deshaun maybe have, uh, you know, that other that one more week, and hopefully yeah. you get him back for that that three game stretch on the road. That I, would, I think that, that makes the that. offense just a whole different animal. That would be fantastic. Uh, can we talk about pass interference? Yeah, man. Like, let's let's hear your impression of it because I don't I don't know that I have any <laughs> idea what pass interference even is so, in this league anymore. <laughs> All right, so going into this game, the way I kind of looked at the replay of pass interference. So I am a staunch supporter of as little instant replay as possible. Like, I have always been a let the chips fall. You know, the refs do the best they can. They get it right most of the time. I'm against it in baseball. You know, in football, I think it was sort of fine the way it was. I really don't like expanding it to penalties, especially really subjective penalties like pass interference. So in my mind, what I thought in order to overturn a pass interference or a no pass interference call, right? That's really what we're targeting here is the 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 place where no pass interference was called, but the team feels like there was pass interference. So I'm looking for highly catchable balls. Uh, clear contact uh, before the ball arrives and uh, contact that really impedes the ability to catch the ball. So we had two of these flags thrown to review a pass interference, one by Green Bay, one by one by the Eagles. Uh, the Green Bay one, to me, felt like the ball was rather uncatchable. It would have been a very difficult catch even you know without much defense or or the contact or the face guarding or anything like that. So I was not surprised that that did not get overturned. It's funny because it seemed to me watching the broadcast that the, the, the commentators felt that that was clearly pass interference. If you listen to the way Troy Aikman and Joe Buck were kind of talking about it, they felt that he was clearly impeded from making the play. Right. And in the, in our, in our text thread, you know, someone asked, so what do you guys think? And I immediately was like, Nope, that's not pass interference. And I, I was correct on that one. Now, and the I, Eagles and I, one. And I think that what it comes down to really very importantly, and I think that it's hard for the broadcasters maybe uh, because maybe it's the less interesting stance to take is if the ball, that ball was was very high. Like that was, I feel like that was not a catchable ball. And I feel like that that was on the field. That's why that, that was made, that call was made. And, 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 I wonder if the referees, when they when they when they when they look at this, I don't. Is there another ref that comes in, or do they just go? Is, does the ref that makes the call in the field just go and look at it? Um, you know, because like in baseball, I, don't know. I think it goes to New York or whatever, right? I mean, that's how it works in baseball and hockey. I don't. I don't know if there is a, a is a is a replay ref that is either. I think you always in. need to take replay, at, like out of the hands of the the team that made the call. 
because I think you know hubris or whatever. Or is it made we, by the line judge, and then does it go to the ref to make the final call? It's there's so many officials on a, on a football field. It's I, I've never been totally clear on the hierarchy of how that stuff gets made. I know the line. I know that you know it's usually the line judge that's the one that's going to call holding. Um, but I don't I don't know how pass interference gets called if that's usually the. So I'm feeling good, right? I'm feeling like okay, my criteria is working here now. When Doug challenged the pass interference on Alshon, um, which wound up being fine because we got the first down on the subsequent third down anyway. Basically, they ran the exact same play. And yeah. It. Um, I thought it meant everything. Yeah. It was a very catchable ball. Right. I mean, it was basically in his bread basket. Um, there was clear contact to his hand. He takes the hand completely out of the play. Right. Which... He basically to me, was very his, clear in stopping his ability to make the catch. pushed his wrist against Alshon's chest, so he's got to try to do that with one hand, which yeah, clearly so interferes with his ability to make the catch. Also no pass interference. Yeah, totally bizarre. So I, I feel like, man, boy, one, I'm confused about what pass interference is. Two, you're going to need to see some something super egregious. Basically, what happened in New Orleans, you're going to need to see, or else it's not going to get overturn this. And so, I think that's where they basically they're at with so it. So, do you think that what coaches are going to start to do is, do you think they're going to start keeping that flag in their pocket when they because they, it's it's going to be such a tough thing to overturn? We did see one overturned in the game tonight, though. It's real. Um, it's going to be real tempting to constantly throw that flag out because almost everything looks like pass interference, especially when you slow it down. Well, and you have every receiver getting every time they make a drop, they immediately get up and and are are, are begging for the begging for the flag. And well, receivers are going to receiver. Yeah, you know, but coach has got to coach and not throw that flag all the time. I did like that Doug threw the one on the on the Zach Ertz play too. I thought that that was so far away from the the the, the play that happened that how they, could they possibly call that a pass interference call? Do you um, remember the one I'm talking about? Yeah, I don't about think Doug threw a flag on that. Oh, it right, was, right, right. I think that went – you're right. It went to the booth. Yeah, it was ruled a scoring uh, scoring play, which I think we're very fortunate that um, they made the right call on that. <sighs> Man, it's like every week there's so many – like one little play would have changed everything. And that's the nature of being a team in the NFL, I guess. Yeah. So Everything's so close. Let's talk about the fourth quarter. Uh, there's a couple things I think that are discussion-worthy here in our – Raw nerve state. Um, hold on, hold on. Before we get to the fourth quarter, we got one other thing to talk about before we get to the fourth quarter. Okay. This concept of being up by seven after a touchdown and then going for a two-point conversion to make it nine, um, I don't. In my, I don't feel like it's worth the risk. And I said it. I don't know when we did it before. Did we do it with against Washington in Week One? Uh, yeah, and we I were think successful. We did. Yeah, I think we did. And I didn't like it then. Right. And we did it this week, and we failed. And it, w- it sure would have been nice to be up eight. Yeah, it would have. Made- I mean, just that safety net of them having to convert that one more two yard play. Yeah, I think you play defense a little different there if you know you're up eight. Well, I mean, you're obviously still trying to go for broke and stop that touchdown, but. You do still have that like one last hurdle for them to get over. And I know nine is so much more insurmountable than eight is. Uh, I just, man, I, I going for it that early in the game. I, I just, oh boy, that really, I mean, that was the that third really unsettles me. That is the third quarter. Do you feel like if it's, if it's in the first half that it's a little bit more of a, 
you're willing to roll the dice there or do you do you, do you think that it's once you get into the third quarter you especially and my also my feeling is you're on the road um you know try to put up as many don't leave points on the on the on the field um you know yeah and, and then you look at the other side of it what the packers did when we were up uh 21 and they scored a touchdown to make it 19 to 21 yeah, yeah. And then they just kick the extra point, right? Instead of going for two to tie it, yeah, that was a bit of a head scratcher for me. And I, 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 I guess Lafleur is one of those guys who's like, I don't go for two until the fourth quarter. I don't think that they're well, in that, and in that case, being down two is you're already down two. You know what I mean? Like the field goal doesn't make it much of a difference. I, I get that is a really a head scratcher. I mean, I guess that's why Andy Reid used to have that chart because he would just ask the chart what he was supposed to do. And he would just do what the chart said. I feel like when two point conversion started in the NFL, that it was pretty much widely adopted that no one goes for two until the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, when you basically have to, it was like a, like a gentleman's uh, agreement. Like it was no, 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 but it, it was just like this is such a risky thing when I have one point basically guaranteed to me to take a chance and go for two seems ridiculous. It's a little bit different now because the kick is further back, there's more PATs being missed. Uh, you know, not that Elliot is too much of a risk of that since he converts so much inside 40. Um, but it's it seems a little more in vogue now to go for two and more like unorthodox situations. Yeah. And Doug I, is definitely one of those like unorthodox kind of coaches. I think that there's a lot more doing it by feel as well. Like there is a certain amount of feeling the, the, the momentum of the game, the moment that the, where you're at in the, in, in the, in the game, how your offense looks, how your defense looks um, to be able to, whether, you know, can I put that added pressure on? Am I going to be able to make these points up later? It certainly makes the strategy a little bit more interesting and uh, you know, anytime you go for two, there's there's as many reasons to do it as there are to not. It seems like in most cases. All right, so let's go to the fourth. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> put me on life support here. the 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 first and goal from the one. I can't handle it. Talk about yeah. it, Gene. I can't handle it. I'm still recovering. Well, and was that set up by 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 another penalty that we had ended up? Ah, pass interference. Yeah, yeah. So, what, and that was really funny, by the way, because uh, I I think it was Maddox was still in the game at that point, and then he uh, I think that was him, and he kind of like gave the receiver the old like you know incomplete, and then whoever the receiver was like pointed down yeah. to the flag. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, I was like, oh, Avante. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, – it, it seems to me that the, sometimes with the Eagles secondary, you could probably call pass interference on every play. It, <laughs> it honestly feels like our strategy to cover is to drape ourselves all over the receiver or let them run by us. That that seems like how, how we play stylistically. Yeah, when you're not good, you got you to gotta... – blur the edges of what's legal you know but it's it's amazing to me how and this this keeps coming up uh you know as long as jim uh, i keep doing that jim schwartz is the uh the defensive coordinator the eagles That's are wishful thinking there gene uh, yeah well with the way he blitzes now um the the way that they play defense in the red zone they really do kind of you know they, they are better off 
letting a team kind of move when they get inside the 40 in you know almost move to the 15 because the eagles almost kind of gain that advantage at the back line as an added defender because they they are not good at trying to cover guys uh, you know that can run past them but when you when you eliminate that that kind of ability to kind of run past people uh, the eagles uh, a secondary seems to be able to use that back line like like an added defender. Uh, they 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 famously did it against uh, Atlanta, you know, twice in in, in the playoffs, uh, and and then last year to open the game. They 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 do have that kind of uncanny ability to to kind of really tighten up uh, on goal line. They are not an easy team to just punch it in on, and uh, the Packers had become clearly very one dimensional offensively by the fourth quarter. There was almost zero threat of the Packers running backs uh, getting into the end zone. They they just – and LaFleur had to basically have thrown out all of his his running plays uh, for uh, for Aaron Jones. Like, he just – you could just tell that, you know, that he had no interest in, in, in pursuing that, that attack. Yeah, with the injury, like, immediately as soon as the game started – they were they didn't really have many options as right. far as a ground attack. But I mean the Eagles have a really I mean a decent run defense. Yeah. I think this game would have shaken out almost the same way anyway. Yeah, I mean the Eagles uh, do really especially play that that point of attack run defense really well. They they are very good at not allowing themselves to get really uh gashed up the gut. Kind of counter to exactly how we were attacking Green Bay. Uh but what makes it so uh what made it so interesting to me that how we we made that goal line stand in the fourth quarter was um they were getting the the right kind of pressure on Aaron Rodgers. I think on 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 third down and then on subsequently on fourth down, they had forced him out of the pocket, but did not allow him any uh, uh, lanes to to then take the ball in himself. The best play was the th- I think it was the third down when Rodgers wanted to bootleg. Absolutely. And Brandon Graham was just right there in his He face. was literally and – and it's interesting. I think in the broadcast they even said, you know, even on the short week, it looked like they had practiced that exact look, that exact play. That's how well it looked like it was read um, because Brandon Graham literally, as soon as uh, as soon as soon uh, Aaron Rodgers' eye shifted, um, it's almost he got, like – He had double nickels like right in his face. Yeah, it's almost like he had he, – he, and Brandon Graham was, was absolutely, a, a, you know – He's Aaron Rodgers is going to be thinking about him tonight. He, he really is. I'm going to be thinking about him tonight. Yeah. So <laughs> I think in very different ways. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, but that that was uh, you know I'm trying to think back of other uh, famous goal line stands. You know, you can you can think back to uh, you know the, the Buddy Ryan D put, uh, making a goal line stand against uh, against the Eagles. That famous Merrill Reese call. They stopped him again. They stopped him again. Was that the Dallas game? It's against Dallas, yeah. Um, Dallas with Emmett four times. Yeah, and you had, uh, you know, and then you obviously the, you know, more recently you had that the series against Atlanta, but both at home uh, in the playoffs and then last season. So uh, I really appreciate how the Eagles attack goal line defense. Um, they are not an easy team to just punch it in on, and um, wow, that was just like it was. It was a great series uh, to watch. For sure. And then, uh, you know, we get the ball back. We're doing a great job uh, chewing clock here. And with the running attack and Jordan Howard's looking just like a straight up stud and he's well on his way to 100 yards rushing. And then here it is, my one criticism of Carson in this game. 
Boy, he that that pass in the fourth quarter to Jordan Howard uh, really Ooh. just led him to slaughter. Yeah, yeah, he he. And we don't know right now because we recorded this like the second the game ended. So I have right. no idea what his status is as far as concussion protocol. Yeah, I mean, did did we ever go back on offense long enough to to see if he came back on the field? I I don't I don't know. I don't think we ever went back on offense. I don't think we ever went back on offense after that. So uh, just for victory formation, spoiler alert. Yeah, I I, I like to think that Jordan Howard's gonna be gonna be okay. He's gonna he's gonna come out because um, he had a hell of a game tonight so uh yeah i mean th- that third down play and then the fourth down play uh subsequently right at you know uh on that same drive both those decisions you know of all of doug's play calling you know i feel like that fourth down call was the right call to make you had the guy open that you wanted to get open carson just did not throw a good pass to al oh, yeah play. that was he underthrew yuck yeah and from uh, and Alshon there were some, was there were some yuck throws on the first couple drives of the game from Carson. Yeah, and then he kind of sharpened sharpened his pencil a bit. Yeah, uh, but the, oh man, that 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 throw was bad. And that again, was a McNabb bad throw. Again, I think that the Car- uh, Carson's strength was his ability to avoid getting getting sacked, his escape ability, keeping plays alive with both uh, his legs to a certain degree and just his his sheer size. You know. I haven't seen an Eagles quarterback quite with the ability to shed defensive linemen the way that Carson does. He took that basically a clothesline in the first half um, by a by a defensive lineman, and and I thought he was going to get um, there was going to be a call uh, for roughing the passer on that play. Carson shakes that off, turns around, throws the ball upfield, and then takes a uh, takes a, a, a second shot from a defensive lineman that they do call uh, roughing the passer on. Um, I got to say, though, good job refs being able to see face mask penalties today. Yeah. I mean, you saw them when they weren't even there, but, you know, good job. And I think that they they, they called a lot of them in very key situations. You, you saw that hands-to-the-face one that, um, you know, that, that, that probably happens on a lot of uh, plays. Uh, that the defensive, uh, yeah, hands yeah, in the face. that was and, that. That's an unusual one to see called. Yeah, but it was. I think it was important in that play because I do think that it affected uh, the runner's ability to get upfield there because I think that Samalu couldn't complete his block. So, um, yeah, on, for the most part, I don't have a problem with the way the refs called the game. It certainly was was called down the line. Winning helps in that. Winning does uh, certainly equation. help in that. Um, All right, so then. Uh... So Carson, so we, makes we the, give uh, it back, and and what did we have? A, was it just around five minutes left when when we punt it back to Aaron Rodgers there? Uh, yeah, yeah, and they kind of they were kind of working under a philosophy that, uh, well, especially when you know we had the injury that caused us to take our last timeout. The Green Bay was really working under a premise there where the Eagles were not going to touch the ball again, uh, and and whatever the Packers did was going to decide whether the game was tied or uh or they lost do you think had they scored there and i mean this is an interesting hypothetical and i know that we kind of already touched on it a little bit but do you think they would have gone for the win there had they punched it in let's say they they punch it in they've there you know there's no time left on the clock or maybe one or two seconds um do the, does the pack go for two and go for the win or do, do they take it to overtime so i was thinking about that and uh you know i haven't wa- i didn't watch i haven't watched 
all the Packers games this year. I watched a uh, lot of the first game. Yeah, against the, Bears. the Bears game we and watched. That was, that was almost an offensive. There was almost no offense at all in that game. Yeah, that was kind of like a weird start the season type of game. But uh, judging by Lafleur in his you know decision to not go for it on fourth and two early in the game and be aggressive, and the fact that they're at home. And the fact that he strikes me as a bit of a weenie uh, <laughs> lead me to believe they would have just kicked the PAT and went to overtime. I have that same feeling. Um, I have that same feeling. And I, I think that that's probably the, the call that, that most people make. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it certainly would be an interesting – it would have been an interesting thought experience. I put, like – after watching this game, I put Matt LaFleur, Nick Nurse. Oh, God, another one I can't stand. And Matt Klentak all in the same like <laughs> you guys are weenies. Like that you you would like to see them all have some sort of like a like a powwow together and maybe. I try. just think that they would all get along for some reason, <laughs> and I I don't know. But thankfully, um, you know, as much as the the Packers kind of just marched, and how many times have we seen this in the recent Eagles history where we oh, no. give, we give the the ball back to a court, you know, to a guy like Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson. Uh, or, or uh, Marcus Mariota, and and they just they just come right back up the field. It's the fourth quarter. You, you you have a couple of chances on third down or fourth down to get off the field. The Eagles don't do it, or they make a stupid penalty. And here we are. It's it's less than a minute to go. Uh, was that second and goal that the, the the pack got to, or had it actually gotten to, all the way to third and goal? I know that they they had run the ball. I think I, twice, maybe. I to, think it was. Third, but it was immediately after the um, Avante Maddox injury. Um, but and here's the funny thing: I was just we were just having a conversation about at this point, do you let them score so there is some clock? Maybe it was a, an earlier down because I was very concerned about. I think Maddox you know, if got they hurt. tie it. Can we have a few precious seconds? I think we had given up a pass interference, or we had given up that first down when the Maddox got hurt because he got hurt on a play that they completed a pass. You're and right, they, and so that was You're first right. down. So, so then I had, I think I had made. A, they they were announcing that they were bringing in the special teamer, basically, who was going to be taking Maddox's spot, and I was worried that the Packers and maybe they should have Lafleur probably should have been like, "Where is the guy that just came in? That's the number I'm dialing up." But instead, they ran to. To they suck more clock, right. right? And I think it was that was exactly their thought was we need to just run a play and either score or if we don't, we can't throw an incompletion because that'll stop the clock. So we're going to run a play here. The Eagles make a stop. So I think then it is second and goal from like about the three. Right, and there's about 50 seconds left at this point. I, yeah, I yeah, or or and with the, with the clock running. Right. So then uh, he drops back, and the ball is – and uh, is he trying to complete that to the tight end? Is he trying to go to Graham there? You know, I was in such, like, a frenetic state at that point. I'd have to see the play again. Yeah. But it doesn't I mean, look we, like I it's mean, really – Honestly, we didn't even watch any, like, highlights. We just came right down and started recording, so this is legit raw nerve. It, it, uh, it seemed to me that the pass was not anywhere near – catchable by a Packer like it just seemed like oh no well it, I think it was honestly I think it was pass interference to be honest I, I think our defender got there early 
The ball gets tipped and it goes up in the air and then and lovely, gets beautiful, beautiful Nigel Bradham. Yeah, and the I mean beautiful, beautiful man. You. So many great, but he had two really good defensive plays because he made a a huge deflection on a third down play. I think in the third quarter or right before half, it must have been. Yeah, where he quarter. dropped back into coverage. Yeah, and just gets both his arms up, nearly yeah. picked the ball off there, but yeah, certainly huge. got us off the field there. I mean, like every play. <laughs> that was successful was just so huge like any like every stop every defensive play every deflection every oh man what about the sack what about the fumble sack yeah well and we hadn't even talked about that that brandon, oh bennett yeah finally Ooh, baby we, we see that reminded me of brandon graham in the super bowl and that's exactly what we've been saying and if you if you've listened to anybody who's been close to this team who's been telling the two things that the eagles have needed to to be successful they needed to get the running game going which they did in this game and they needed to get some big plays out of the defensive line which they also got in this game and the other thing is we won the turnover battle they we had two turnovers and did not give the ball up i think we only punted what once Twice? Did we punt twice? I mean, it sounds you know, like we good were getting, advice that our we were podcast getting... has been preaching for like three weeks now, know, you know? I know. <laughs> but yeah, it's so these are the things you got to do. We had to play a near-perfect game, I felt like, going in to beat Aaron Rodgers and the Packers at home. And this was about as good a game as I've seen the Eagles play probably since, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, was there a game that was this well played by them last year? In this, uh, maybe the Bears game in the, in the playoffs last year. Um, I'm trying to think of a, a game that this this well played uh, against but by the Eagles with Carson Wentz. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Oh yeah, like with Carson. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's <laughs> a lot uh, of the Rams. Eagles really great. Games. <laughs> the Rams two years ago. Yeah, a lot of the really great games the Eagles have had have been Nick Nick Foles, and I almost feel like that's a different team. Yeah. Yeah, you're but right. Because I, I mean, I immediately when you said last year, I was thinking like, oh, well, the the Texans game was a huge game. You know, they had a, uh, they had some down the stretch there just to make it into, just to make it into the playoffs. I actually want to because now I'm like, you know, the move is yours, uh, Cowboys, because they have a tough game this week. Yeah, they're on the road at New Orleans, I believe. Yeah, the, and the Cowboys are favored. Uh, well, that's that's telling the, the 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 betting public has no faith in the 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 Saints backup quarterback. The the the, the Cowboys are absolutely a a dog in that game if it's Drew Brees behind center. Yeah, but like I kind of like the Saints in that game. I really do too. I I'm, I I I, I, I think... mean Bridgewater's not a fool. No, and I think that Sean Payton's going to call a you know he's going to he's going to give it to Kamara off uh, early and often. And the um, Cowboys are ripe, man. They've been. Uh, they have been. They have had the softest start to a schedule I can imagine. I can think of in. Yeah, years. they've been picking on some pussy cats. Yeah, they went Dolphins. Did they go Dolphins, Jets, ca- no, they, uh, Giants? They go, Dolf- they go uh, Giants, Redskins, Dolphins. Giants, Redskins, Dolphins. Yeah, the Redskins are your tough game there. Yeah, because they I mean, went with. A, they and had it's the a Daniel Jonesless uh, yeah, Giant. They had an. They, e- they had the Eli Giants. I know. I can't wait to see Daniel Jones' face. Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be great. So yeah, I mean, uh, so how does this how does this uh, change your perception of the of, of the uh, of the season going forward? I mean, you had to coming out of Sunday. I gotta say, like, there was a little bit of a knot in my stomach. Like, man, like we can be we could be one and six really easy, or two and six really easy if we don't if we don't right the ship quick and. Um, God, you know, even 
you know, we didn't do pick Pickadelphia this week, but uh, you know, because these Thursday nights come around quick. Um, but I, I, I don't know if there was any way I was going to be able to pick the Eagles. Like I just, I just didn't know. I couldn't really see how we could win this game. I just, it just seemed just too much of an ask. Well, brother, I got my bet slip that says I picked the birds outright. Yeah, man. You so, would have had it right. Uh, this I was time. with the betting public. I, I kind of saw the way that, that that was moving, and I said, "Okay, that was all the that's all the excuse I needed." So to, you, to go birds. Do you think in the end it was that the betting public was like the the Eagles? This is a just a must-have game for a team that is no. Too good I to get think buried? That, I think people looked at the Packers and said, "You know what? I think these guys might be a little bit fraud." A little bit of frauds. Oh yeah, you think maybe uh, they they saw that the the defense had some 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 weak yeah. spots. Yeah, I think it was more the defense and the and the ability to run the ball on them and the, and the big question. So you know that's what I was looking at and I was like, so the question mark here is, will Doug do it? Like that right. was for for me. I was like, okay, they can do it. the The Packers are going to let them do it, but will Doug stick to it or will he go back to his old tricks? And I think we 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 were pleasantly surprised to a certain degree that that Doug uh, had done his homework and uh, he committed and uh, and it worked out for him. So here's what I want. I want everyone to send me the uh, the my like my favorite uh, gifts after a big win is the coming into work on Monday like, and in this case coming into work on Friday like, and then give me like the wrestling. Yeah. Uh, entering the ring uh, moves like that's my fear. I'll take all those right. tomorrow. I love that. Yeah, uh, that's the way I feel right now. Yeah, it's uh, it's been interesting. I did a little uh, I did a little bit of uh, behind the uh, behind the line scouting. I listened to a couple of Packers uh, podcasts uh, this week, and um, yeah, I'm actually kind of excited to go back maybe and listen to their post game takes on this game, man. Because you know. They were real high on their D, real high. They thought that um, they thought that their secondary was just going to have a day against us today. They, they. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm. The secondary did actually play pretty well. Oh yeah, no, absolutely they did. But they didn't count on is the fact that we were just going <laughs> to run up their freaking gut. Yeah, I mean, just looking at it, uh, Carson Wentz only 160 under only 160 yards through the air, did have the three TDs. Uh, 16 for 27. I mean, like, okay, okay, but, day. But didn't take a sack. I don't think he took a sack. Didn't take a sack. Didn't and, take an L. And and didn't throw a pick. <laughs> didn't take a sack, didn't throw a pick. So, no, and you look over at the other side of the field, you got Aaron Rodgers over there, 420 yards passing, you know? Gosh. And a uh, – 53 a attempts. And a pick and a strip sack. Yep. You yep. know, you can, you can throw for five. And yards. actually Wentz had the higher QB rating for yeah. the game. Yeah. Yeah. Cause uh, he threw for, he threw for more TDs. It, I know? think he, I think he threw for more touchdowns or did they throw for the same amount of touchdowns, but that pick and that fumble, man, that, that hurts the number. Number one guy you hope is okay. Uh, Jordan Howard or Avante Maddox. Like who um, do you need more next week? And I, moving forward. I, I think you need Maddox. I really do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the secondary is, Real thin, yeah. Real, real. Miles thin. looked good. Miles looked okay. I mean, Howard had eighty-seven yards. Miles seventy-two. Nice balance. You actually ran more than you threw. I love it. Oh, I love that. I love that. And I actually, <clears throat> and I actually like the two of them in combination. 
I never felt that there was any kind of a you always it always felt like you had a guy that had had another gear in the game. You know what I mean? Oh man, you ran the ball. Carson doesn't get sacked. You open up play action. Life is good when you run. Run the ball. Oh, I love it. And uh, you know who else's number didn't get called a lot, and I feel like it's usually a good sign, is if you don't have uh, 15 touches to Darren Sproles. I love Darren Sproles. But oh, when... I thought you were going to go Aguilar. No, well, yeah. And it's also good if he doesn't have 15 touches. But, uh, you know, if you don't have – if Darren Sproles doesn't have 15 touches, that means you're not, you're not going to that escape valve constantly. So um... I just want to verify that – he did, in fact, not touch the. You know, yeah, his. He was targeted once, no catches, no yeah. yards. I think Carson's just done with him. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like I, I, I just know, Doug, I, Doug might be done with him. Yeah, I feel I mean, like you got firemen making fun of you. Yeah, I think. <laughs> I think that uh, if this team can start to turn the corner on this this health front, uh, you know, it it could still be the squad we think they were. You know, what I mean, like. I, I'm still a believer. This really restored my faith. Uh, this was a a gut check moment. This is a this is you know this this is what I feel like you mean by resiliency. This is this is the kind of thing I want to see when you say you're a resilient team. I want to see you go in to a tough place to play on the road and take a win. You think we had a little uh, nobody believes in us? I think we did. Nobody I think we did. Yeah, they count us out. And we play best when we are the we have uh, we can put our dog masks on. Check it out, Gabe. This is nobody believes in us. What <laughs> you do over there, I don't know what that is. We'll talk about that on on Sunday. Well, yeah, on Sunday night. Uh, all right, is that a wrap? Yeah, man. We're at the forty-five minute mark, and whoa! All right, all right. So we're gonna be back uh, Monday morning. The the fuelogy, the, the funeral, <laughs> the funeral, Chuck, yeah. right? The funeral. Thanks, Chuck. Uh, if you roll with a PH, we're gonna we're gonna bury the uh, the 2019 Philadelphia Phillies. Like, thank goodness, right? Yeah. Uh, we're gonna actually gonna talk a little Flyers talk. My new boyfriend, uh, uh, Morgan Frost, injured. I'm I'm devastated. We gotta we we gotta talk we gotta talk a lot of stuff about the. the Don't tell the Carter front. Hart, my new boyfriend, Morgan Frost. The health front on the Flyers, uh, Flyers side, man. There was some oh health. My gosh. More health I can't today. I can't handle Doctor Keith again. Yeah. No. So soon. No, we gotta we gotta give him a couple <laughs> weeks a off. <laughs> all right but we're gonna take uh, we'll be back on monday so as always uh please remember to rate review and subscribe uh to potadelphia wherever you get your podcasts and also check us out on social media facebook twitter and instagram just search potadelphia so we'll see you on monday until then have a great day at work on friday everybody we are out of here